discuss the events of um, the Monaco Grand Prix, you know. Um, first of all, I will say I'm very, very happy for um, Checo. You know, um, I will say uh, I, I personally didn't see him on the podium, you know, because I thought there was a point whereby things... Um, Charles um would win and then um probably science would would wouldn't um mess it up as as um before you know and then probably see Max on the podium you know but in this um situation I guess the favorite wasn't really the favorite you know so um yeah that's life at the end of the day you know. Um, yesterday, uh, yesterday, I'm not sure anyone predicted. Um, well, I, I have, I'm sure someone did, but um, if you tell me that Checo would have won this result, I said no. You know, so uh, credit to Checo, you know, and for managing those tires um to the very end. You know, um, the last 10, 15 minutes he started struggling. You know, even Max. In P3 was seen, Chaco was struggling, you know. So, and then um, obviously, with it being Monaco, it's very difficult to overtake any normal um, track. Then um, I'm not sure um, Chaco would have taken the win, you know. And um, yeah, he has taken the win in one of the most difficult tracks on the calendar, you know. So, um, credit to him, you know, he has won the race in um, Monaco, you know. Um, yeah. So, um, uh, uh, science as well, you know. Um, I would say a very good recovery from science, 
you know, um, finishing P2, you know, after um, the previous, um, well, I said the previous Grand Prix where it hasn't gone so well, you know, last um, last weekend, um, Barcelona, he was close, you know, P4, you know, and um, um, today, or rather this week, finishing um, P2, you know, so I think um, things have really gone in um, his favor, you know. So um, we'll look at um, that um, deeper, you know, as well as the mistakes made on the pit wall by Ferrari, you know. And then we'll, we'll also um, look at um, this 40-year-old man, you know, who seems to be who seems to be acting like a kid, you know. Um... Also, we'll be looking at Ricardo, you know, who obviously doesn't seem to be able to find his feet, you know. And then um, George Russell also, another consistent finish in the top five, you know. And then um, Mercedes as well, you, you could say a bit of um, positive development because um, at a point they were one of the fastest on track, you know. And then we also look at um, Haas, you know, um, the incident with Mick and the reliability issues with um, Magnussen, you know. So, um, yeah, so we'll just um, get into it right away. So, um, Smart, if you'd like to um, go ahead, then we have Engineer Salim. So, um, guys, if you'd like to speak, just um, request, you know, and then we'll go on from there. Thank you. Okay, um, you said you did see like Perez winning the race yesterday. Like, one thing with Red Bull, if you notice, like, you can't ever count them out of a race. Um, after battling Mercedes for like six years, that team is very, very like quick to react to every situation, they are always very prepared. Um, we saw that with Ferrari, like, making a big mistake. Like, the player was even frustrated. How can I tell somebody, call me? Person they call me, you can't tell them stay out. Wait, which which one way? I was just looking at it, I was like, ah, for Ferrari, pulling on that Ferrari again. Why do they like to do this kind of thing? Like, um, you can't see that kind of mistake coming from like Red Bull or, or, or like or Mercedes doing that kind of thinking. Like, I don't know why this Benato, ever since he became team principal, like he took over from this other guy, I've forgotten his name. Ferrari just seem to be like anytime they have a like very good car, their strategy and way of thinking is just always off point, and that's where you see Red Bull is just is just using to like play them with all these mind games and stuff like that. Um, as for Perez, Perez really tried today. Like I know he's a world class driver. I think. We all. Uh, smart. Uh, Smart, we lost you for some seconds. If you could just... Everything work. Smart, if you could just repeat what you said. We lost you for some seconds. Uh, okay. okay. Um, Smart, I guess I'll... I guess I'll bring you okay. back um, up. Okay. Perez is a phenomenal driver. Okay, Are carry you on, me? carry on. Yeah, carry on. Okay, let me just bring it back up again. Um, Engineer Salim, do you mind um, speaking, please? 
Um, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. Uh, yeah, what a race. What a race. Uh, yeah, first and foremost, congratulations to Sergio Perez. That was an amazing performance. And uh, thanks also to the strategy by Red Bull. That really helped them a lot because we can see, obviously, with Hamilton, the the well going on the inters didn't actually work for them but Perez staying out and uh, going directly on the slicks well that that played really well for him today um the one thing i would really uh, like to see or ask is the restart procedures i i i haven't been understanding what is going on I understand, like, safety is a very uh, important and paramount consideration in Formula One, but these guys are pros. They are, they are meant to be the best of the best in the world. So uh, we waited for, like, more than an hour before the race went on the way. Then, unfortunately, we couldn't go full race distance. So I, I just don't get it. Like, they have full set of... Uh, wet tires, extremes. So why not use them? Or is it that in Formula One, we're never going to have races uh, when it rains or there's a heavy downpour? Because I, I feel these guys can handle it. Uh, um, yeah. Um, uh, Salim, just to, um, last, just to answer your question, you know, um, I believe in as much as we want to enjoy the excitement, want to enjoy the thrill and the whole adrenaline that comes with the sport, we also have to remember that these people are human beings. You know, they have people that rely on them, you know. So safety is safety is something. It's not a sport that is... Yes, yes, yes. I understand. Safety is... I'm an engineer. I understand, like, the basis of safety and what it stands for and it's paramount. But in a situation where a race is too dangerous to go ahead, drivers would actually vote for the race to not go ahead. And, like, uh, I think it was meant to start at two, right? At that time, we could have had maybe 10, 15 laps without any rain, and they can always red flag it, right? Uh, like, if you can remember last year at Spa, like, that that wasn't a race. We waited for, like, three hours for, I, I think, two or three laps behind the safety car, and they gave them uh, half points. Because in my opinion, if, if I had paid, like, to be in the stands, honestly, I would expect a refund. Yeah, uh, Salim, but as I said earlier, Salim, safety... But, but wait, let's, let's very... just hear what the others have to say about Okay, this. okay, okay. Um, um, I don't know if anyone has anything to um say on this particular um topic. Um, yes, Matt, please go ahead. Okay, like, um, like what I was saying, I, I get what he's saying because actually, um, some races are, are done with like the whole track wet, so like it doesn't really like it didn't really make sense at first. But you know, Mon- Monaco is a very tight 
race. It's not like all those other Grand Prix that they are, there's like a lot of space. You have drivers who are eager to like gain points, and the tight the track is very tight. If they are going on high speed now, someone can fly off. There's like a sea nearby. The 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 like the track is like some parts are high, some parts are low. It's very dangerous, especially if it's wet. So like that's just one I want to see. If anyone else wants to talk on that, they can go ahead. Well, sorry, uh, let me like jump back in. But like this is this is open wheel racing. Like it it has always come with uh, certain elements of danger and risk. Uh, as a driver, you can decide to go like uh, head on, take more risk. It might bite you, or you might actually uh, gain from it. So that depends on the driver, also. Uh, okay. Um, okay. Uh, um, Salim, let's allow um, other people um, share their opinion. So, um, Imadi, then Ene, please. Okay. Um, and I'm just going. Um, Imadi, please go ahead. Yeah. Then Ene. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, so good afternoon. Um. I think today we saw indecisiveness on the part of the race director on full display. Yes, I could understand why the initial start procedure was delayed because uh, maybe everybody was preparing for a dry race and suddenly at the last moment they had to change their visors, change their tires and all that kind of thing. So that was understandable. But you could even hear Martin Brando complaining like we had a full, I think it was about 59 minutes of no communication from race control about any restart procedure, about any update, there was just total silence from them. And because they had, I think later he came back online to say, oh, there was difference in opinion and they're sort of maybe voting amongst themselves about what they should do about it. So me, as much as, as, I, as I, I agree with both you and Salim, there should be, this, the, we know the risk and everybody knows the risk, but I think what they should speed up is the process of restarting. Now, why do you have to give drivers a signal for a signal? Okay, you guys want to, you want us to, you guys are going to go out in the next 10 minutes. Then you have to alert them 10 minutes before that. Oh, you, you guys will be going out in 10 minutes. Why don't you just set the standard time or maybe in the next 20 minutes, you guys are going to go out. Why are you giving a signal for a signal for a race to start? And why were they all fixated on a rolling start? Why couldn't you just do a standing start? So, I think what they should work on is how fast they have to restart the procedures because they are so archaic and they are almost averse to change. They see people who complain about these things regularly and they take no action. Yeah. Hmm. Thank you very much, Imadi. Um, Anna, please. Okay, I was basically going to say the same thing that Imadi just said in favor of the guy that spoke about uh how the race went today but then also like also in favor of the people talking about like how the rain affected things i personally feel like monaco should be off the calendar like after this season we shouldn't renew because it's a very i don't know it's a very horrible track today's racing was very very awful i mean from my point of view people might have like different perspective but from my point of view today's racing was horrible that is not a racetrack this was not a grand prix we should just take it off because, I mean, you have to also think of the safety of the drivers when it comes to raining. And raining in this kind of track could be, like, more chaotic than raining elsewhere, like, on a different track. So, yeah, totally in support of what Imadi says. But then also, I don't I don't personally see 
Monaco being something that we will want to keep for like future races. Well, thank you very much. And uh, um, on this um, Monaco and um, having having it on the calendar, um, I believe we spoke about it yesterday, you know, and regarding Monaco, you know, Monaco is not just like any other um, track, you know, there's there's apart apart from the would you say apart from having it as a venue you know there's the political aspect to it because this grand prix generates money for the, the for 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 the city you know so it's so um if you take the grand prix away from the city you know what what really brings um people you know or what really brings the um celebrities you know you and you you tend to say what what next you know because monaco i would say i would say monaco is more like um you can compare to miami in terms of um the luxury status you know so um it's the political aspect is going to uh play a big factor you know um with it being on the calendar um in the coming years, so I believe it's something that is going to be interesting to see. But um, yeah, Adebayo, please. Are we still discussing about Monaco being on the calendar? Uh, what, what uh, your hand was up, but okay. Yeah. But... yeah so, well, my contribution is just so short because I need to get out soon. Um, okay. so I feel like um. I feel like I need to still keep on pushing my agenda of Charles Leclerc having to go to a Mercedes, right? I don't think a Ferrari would give him what he wants, right? Because <clears throat> here's my thought process, right? Um, um, you can't just be good as a driver in terms of race pace and quality runs. Um, there are three things that make up whether you get your race wins or not, right? How good you as a driver, how good the car is, and how good your strategy calls are, right? And for me, if Charles really wants to, <clears throat> if he really wants to go down the lane as one of the successful drivers in F1, right? I don't think Ferrari would give him that because how will your race, whatever, I don't even know what the guy's name is now. How will he be calling? How will he ask to stay out when he already entered the pit lane, right? Uh, <laughs> so for me, I think, I think, I think, um, I think. I think way beyond the fact that Charles is good, right, as a driver, right, and the car is good, seems competitive as well, right. If Ferrari can get necessary work done in terms of in terms of a lot of factors, because even if even if Red Bull comes down as probably like the third fastest car on the grid, for example, right, they have a driver who is extremely very good, and they have a very they have like the best strategy team on the grid, right? Even better than Mercedes, right? They would always, like, get things so much accurately right for, like, a Max Verstappen to probably nick up the win when other guys fucks up, right? So, for me, I, in as much as I like Charles, right, I think the bitter truth would just be that um, Ferrari might not really be... <laughs> sorry if there are Ferrari fans on the call, right? Sorry. Ferrari might not just really be the... be the future for him but i think as well too he seems very loyal to ferrari so i don't know whatever 
our eyes should see. We that we like Charles, whatever our eyes should see, we'll just be collecting it like that. Thank you very much. Um, so guys, um, well, we're on still on um Red Bull, you know, and um, uh, Checo's um win, you know, as well as uh, Max putting in a fantastic um race, you know. So, um, okay, yeah, I can see. Um, I can please go ahead, please. You'd like to speak. So, hi, everyone. So, to start with Monaco as a venue, um, I feel that they can, of course, for subsequent years, look through the calendar and find a fitting um, weather period um, to avoid this rain scenario. But uh, the truth is we cannot all have like the same type of um, races all year. Monaco being a street race and I mean in it being what it is now would just be like that that's just a scenario and um I, I don't think it would be this interesting if all the races that we have are just like say Saudi or um, all of that Grand Prix. So I think um, Monaco comes with its own uniqueness and is also um is also part of like what makes the race interesting. Uh a driver like Ricardo now <laughs> that I mean doesn't have a lot of career wins but like it will still wake up tomorrow to tell you about Monaco, and I'm sure players will also do so. Um, so and also any other driver that comes to in Monaco, so um, let them back to the politics wherever it is. But I think can also just be moved to a safer um weather on the calendar. And secondly, um, it's nice to see Checo win. I can remember the first um race of the season. And a couple of people on this particular space are coming to say um, Perez is just the guy that keeps the um, guys in park in the, at, the, at the back for, for Verstappen. And, and a couple of um, comments. Perez is like also like saying uh, an underrated driver and uh, it keeps to like, um, it, it keeps like pushing that out. So I'm yeah, very happy for him. He's just six points adrift of, of Charles. And of course, he had a DNF, so um, very, very interesting. Also, next is uh, very nice to see Red Bull on strategies. Uh, like I, I, I was just wondering yesterday, like nothing is possible. Like the only thing possible is just, just have like a, a very, a very luck, a, a very good luck with strategies. I was, I was not expecting any of the drivers to make mistake, but hopefully, hopefully, an undercut and overcut, whatever cut it is. Something just gets out, and um, say Perez, like Perez, like finds a way to win, even if Charles and Sainz will be second and third. But I mean, just so like um, doesn't like affect the gap between, uh, doesn't like um, increase or close out the complete gap between Max and Charles. So uh, it was very nice to see the um, strategy play out, and also another. I wouldn't say bad, but. Uh, another day that is not very good for Charles. Uh, he's a very good driver, but everything just come out together. But yeah, so nice to see. Um, our, I'm a Liverpool fan, and yesterday was a very bad day. So yeah, Red Bull has always been the guy to uh, cheer me up each day. Liverpool like brings out a very bad day. Yeah, so um, a very good weekend. Cheers. So um, so just before um, anyone goes next, guys, if you would like to speak, um, just um, raise your hand. I was just going to um say. So, if they remove Monaco now from the calendar in the nearest future, that means 
Charles will never win Monaco in his career. Hey, that would be very disastrous. People in Monaco, they will not forgive him because, man. But anyway, moving on. Um, I don't know if anyone has anything to um, um, add to Red Bull again. Uh, okay, guys, we're moving on to Ferrari. Okay, I'm sorry, Akash, I can see your hand up. Yeah, so uh, before we go ahead, uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll still probably like, get to get to that point, but uh, just to, you know, just to make a couple of Mercedes fans very happy, uh, it's also very nice to see Alonso doing the last job. So, yeah, I might not be on this field by the time we get to that topic, so... Yeah, that, that was very nice to watch. So. Ah, no, 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 you'll be here because we'll be moving um shortly to um to um what do you call him? Mercedes and um Alpine, you know. So um yeah, um smart, please go ahead. I know you've been trying to get on for a minute. Okay, thanks. Um just to add to Ferrari, like uh, like I was saying earlier that team Bernardo doesn't seem to really do very well in team strategy. Uh, Saints, we all knew Saints was a very good driver. Um, just that the pressure was like too much for him to like handle at the beginning. But it seems like this race really showed his class. Um, he handled the pressure very well. He was close to getting Perez. If the track was uh, a more friendlier track to overtaking, he may have gotten Perez. Um, and then Leclerc, I don't know why Leclerc is just always unlucky. It's it's it's, it's like a pattern happening to that guy right now. He's never he's not happy. He's just like every time I'll do a qualifying race will come, <laughs> different scenario will happen. Uh, I just really hope he can just like just keep pushing and focus and try and get Max. But Max today wasn't very fast. He he was very lucky with the way the whole race panned out for him. Um, thankfully, he's, he's still ahead in the championship, and uh, his teammate is a bit happy. He's happier today, so I think that's all good for Red Bull. Yeah. Thank you very much, um, Smart. Um, I don't know if anyone has anything to add to Red Bull. Just shortly before we move on to um, the people at Brackley, um, Mercedes. Uh, okay. So, um, well, for just I'll just add um I'll just add to Red Bull, you know. So for Red Bull, um there's obviously a two weeks break, you know. Um I'm looking to see how um the what do you call it, the upgrades they brought in in um, what do you call it in Spain, how it's going to pan out in um Azerbaijan or Baku you know, as to Ferrari. So, um, that'll be very, um, interesting to see, you know, especially for both teams, you know, and, um, for the rest of the group. So, um, yeah, moving on to, um, oh no, okay, let's quickly touch on um, McLaren just before we move on to, um, Mercedes. So, um, McLaren, you know, um, we have Daniel Ricciardo in, I believe he went up P13, you know, and then um, we have um, Lando in P6, you know. So, um, Lando lo- lost track position, you know. Um, 
I believe he lost transposition also. But yeah, so um, he ended up finishing um P6, you know, and so the question has been, I don't, I, I don't know if you guys um saw um Daniel Ricardo in the race when Gasly overtook him. At that moment, you think you think they brought a blue flag that oh, he should not leave the way. I'm like, what's going on? Is there a problem with the car? And there was nothing on the radio. I'm like, this guy has really lost it, you know, because Ricardo is a driver that um, he has won Monaco before, you know. Um, um, yesterday, you could see um, you could see Lando putting the car in the top five, you know, and then him, he was struggling to get out of him. Um, out of um top um getting to the top ten, you know. So you as we've said on this um on previous spaces, you know, how long does Daniel Ricardo have, you know, because um Zach Brown has spoken about exercising that clause in his contract whereby he has to end or terminate um his contract early. You know, and then with you are on the mo- at the moment. There's no space on the grid. You know the only place I see Daniel Ricardo, where 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 there's possible space for Daniel Ricardo at the moment is Sky Sports. You know, so it's just it's just it's just, like you 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 ask what what is the next step for Daniel Ricardo as a driver. You know, so um yeah, I'll just um uh, okay, Imande and Embolaji. Okay, Imande and Embolaji, please. Yeah, for Daniel Ricardo, uh, it's obvious he has lost confidence. But and um, to touch on what you said earlier, um, when Gasly overtook him, I think he was was squirming for grip at that point, and Gasly had already had um, warmer intermediate, so he was going to pass him eventually. So why fight a losing battle? Me, if I want to be the devil's advocate, that's what I'm just going to say for him. But secondly, who? I keep and I've asked Bolaji this question and I've asked my other guys on our group this question is if we are going to replace there are lots of drivers personally I don't like that would love to be off the grid but who are the competent replacements for them Daniel Ricardo is obviously down going down the winds are out of insoles at the moment but who is the competent re- replacement for Daniel Ricardo I think that's my own question that's why I want to I'm I don't like him but I want to defend him today who is his comp- competent replacement at the moment that can actually step into that McLaren state and do a good enough job or better job than he is doing at the moment yeah thank you I I, I believe that's a very good um question I mean so Ambalaji please um, go ahead because yeah, I see so I was I was also going to ask a similar question. So, yes, Ricardo is obviously not pulling his weight. But when you look across the grid, it's not looking good. Like, really, who do you want to bring in that would, uh, you know, like, I can't, that would even do as good as Ricardo is doing. Like, I'm, not Ricardo is doing good, but who do you want I, to bring in? Can I, can I, can I, can I just say something? I know, I know it might not be possible, but has, Anyone ever thought of um, McLaren going back to tempt Magnussen again? 
Well, okay, came out, but he just signed this long deal with us, so well, it will be well, really hard to get him out of that. Deals can be broken on Bolaji. Definitely. <laughs> And I think, like you said, McLaren is also like in a better position than us. So really, if that opportunity should come the second time for Cayman, I think he might, you know, try to grab it. I also think, for me, because I, I like Bottas, but I think also Bottas would be a better job. So if they can get uh, VB out of his Alfa Romeo contract, I think he would also be a good fit there. He's not particularly pressed about, you know, being the number one driver like that. And he has great experience at the front of the grid, great experience at the back of the grid, great experience in the middle of the grid. So I think he would be but, an upgrade to Danny Rick. Bolaji, I'm Bolaji, I'm sorry I'm sorry to say <laughs> I'm sorry to, it just it just seems like you are soliciting for for butters. This, this, this is not a charity work. This, uh, so 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 Lando will not be the senior driver. Come on. Come on. So, I mean, <laughs> I personally, I think Butas is good way. He is at the right place and at the right time till further notice. That's no, but I, like you just, said, at the moment, is not driver. Just jumping a little bit. Um, McLaren doesn't want any driver that will be showing their butt up and down. Look, it's for charity. He's sold. It's for my 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 new sponsorship, so I'm sure they will enjoy more, they will enjoy more of that, you know. So um yeah, um smart please. <laughs> Sorry. So um smart, if you can keep it uh uh short, please. So because there are a few hands up. Thank you. Smart, please. Okay. Can anyone hear me? Uh, yeah, sure. We can. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so okay, I'm um, Salim. Just go ahead, please. Oh, okay, yeah, Salim. Then um, Obonga, I'll come to you after, please. Sorry, Salim, please go ahead. All right. Um, yeah, about Danny Rick. So um, he has been facing challenges, I believe, like from the get go at at uh, McLaren. But yeah, one thing he he did win the uh, Italian Grand Prix last year, right? Yes, he did. But I think um, you can only jump ship like uh, so many times before like the your adaptability to other car design philosophies starts catching up to you, because uh, he has like he has jumped ship so many times. And he he's unable to extract performance out of the car as his younger and uh, less experienced teammate is able to. And I don't think he's going to be in that team for a long time because he's one of like the highest paid drivers on the grid. So um, why would McLaren keep paying him uh, millions of dollars every year without, uh, well, anything to show for it really today's race i think he finished what uh p p13 or p11 p13 right yes. so he's out of the points uh in the championship he's 11th so yeah his days are really numbered in my opinion yeah thank you thank you very much um salim um Obank, please Bunk, please. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can you hear me? 
Yes, please. So for Danny Rick, I think it's more of a confidence thing. I think my guy is done. Maybe time's most a with them. Sadly, I think we should just start like coming to terms with that fact. Also, I have like a question to what you might be saying. So I think it's obvious. It's, it's most likely the PS3. And I don't know why everybody thinks he has to be like an experienced driver. But then I think it's still most likely going with like a rookie. And also I have the question, do we think that Lando is not okay enough to become the lead driver yet? Because in my opinion, I think he has done an amazing job for the last two seasons, I think. And it's prime enough, I mean, to take on that lead driver role. But yes, I do think they'll go with a rookie. I don't think Vico will have that seat next year. But yeah. Um, I say Made. Um, Obong, very interesting. Um, very interesting. Okay. Um, let, um, let's um hear what um Ene has to say, please. Oh yes, yeah, so I'm just about to drop off, but I think I want to talk about like the replacement for Daniel. I mean, there are many options outside F1 currently. We could look at Nick from Formula E. Actually, I had this idea that maybe Nick and Daniel swap seats. So maybe Daniel goes to Formula E and then Nick takes his seat. And then I think also they've been talks about like Heta from IndyCar Racing taking over. So yeah, those are options and those are possibilities. And I mean, it's not the first time that you have two rookies on the team. So it would definitely work. So maybe Heta, maybe Nick. I mean... Daniel is a fave, but I think that it's time for him to try something else. Don't take him out of motorsport generally. Just maybe move him to Formula E or something else. I really also wanted to be here to talk about Alonso because, God, he's really annoying today. But I think I have to drop off now. So, yeah. Okay. Um, well, and uh, thank you very much. I would have been going to Alonso very soon, you know, but yeah. That's F1, I guess. Um, I think um, the point Enya and Obong have made, um, will I say, will I say, I agree with um, with um, both of them, you know, because you could say Lando can um, take the lead position because at the moment, who is the lead driver? It's obviously Lando. He's the one they recommend strategy, yeah, or rather, he's one the Ask for feedback. Daniel is not giving any feedback. He is COVID. He's still on COVID leave, you know. So it's more like um, it's more like it's only fair if McLaren promotes. And McLaren they need money, you know. So going getting a driver from IndyCar or swapping with um the freeze is another cost saving um, mechanism for them, you know. So um Daniel Ricardo. If, if you say don't take him out of motorsport entirely, you know, I've always said there's sky sports, you know, because I don't I don't see him even in IndyCar, you know, you, like you say, okay, don't some of these drivers, maybe they'll go well. Even Jovenaz, Jovenaz is not even doing so fantastic in uh, what you call it, Formula E, you know. So, it's, 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 it's more of it's more of, um, do you still have that touch? You know, so um yeah. Um lots of hands up. Um okay guys, I would um uh, Imade Bolaji um Adebayo and Salim please in that order. Thank you. Yeah, the 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 Daniel Ricardo thing. I oh no, it was the rookie thing actually. I think someone mentioned that we can they could have two rookies or something. But actually did you get do you guys notice how 
Mick is still like I think this is his second year and he's still struggling in these new cars. Like someone who was out of um Formula One for a year came back and he sort of still teaching him lessons. So and um I think does the other drivers that have been mentioned, do they have enough license points to be able to compete in Formula One at the moment? Uh those are I think those are two things we should take into consideration. And McLaren is not <clears throat> they, they might be at the upper end of the midfield at the moment, but they want to break into the top teams. They don't I don't think they need rookies. They need experienced drivers. Yes, Dan, Lando is actually the lead driver. Nobody's thinking in any way, shape or form Daniel is the lead driver, but Lando is the lead driver. But they also need someone experienced as well to partner Lando. Let's say Pierre Gasly is not going to die on the hill of I want to get back into Red Bull, then maybe they could snatch him away from the Red Bull program and put him with Lando. That would be a good addition for them. Yeah. Thank you, Madi. Um, Balaji, please. Oh, yeah, that's that's a really good one. They can get Gasly. But like Madi said, so I don't think, I know there's this debate about the IndyCar license points and the Formula 1 FIA license points. Like, they've not been able to harmonize both of them, so it would be particularly difficult to get anyone from outside, you know, the European-based uh, races to come into F1 and just get a drive. So I don't know how that would work. And also, I mean, McLaren can be nice and give Danny a soft landing in another series. Like, they have three or four different series that they compete in, but he hasn't earned that, so... Like you said, if he leaves F1 now, I think it's done. It's done, done. And most people don't get that. Danny Rick is 32 years old. He'll be 33 this summer. So he's not a young driver. So he can't keep bouncing around, thinking, okay, I would go to a new team and all of that. So why I think he made a mistake was leaving Red Bull from the beginning. Look, yes, the team was good. They were moving towards Max. But if he was good enough, he could have forced the issue. And could have made them reconsider, but he ran away from the challenge. He went to Renault. He promised them Cyril was going to stay. He ran away from Renault. He went to McLaren. He's getting bodied by a 21, 22 year old. So he's like he just made the wrong decision from the beginning but, and had just spiraled down. But 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 I think I think you hit you hit the nail on the uh, bad days to speak the English again, sir. What I want to say is that you've made the point in essence where you said. He keeps running away, you know. He keeps he keeps running away from the challenges, you know. Yes. Face the challenge as a driver, you know. Nothing is easy, you know. He's looking for a place whereby he's going to dominate, you know. If he's going, ah, he should go. To, he should go back to Formula Two, you know. <laughs> well, uh, if he's if he's looking for people, people will be dominated, people will be bullied, you know. Like this is a this is a, is is a, is a sport whereby sport of competition, you understand whereby. You, whereby your teammate is your is your biggest driver. You are, you have more experience. You have been on the grid longer than anybody else. What's the problem? Exactly, he's thirty. He'll be thirty three. Like people don't get. They think he's still a young. He's not a young driver. He has racked up experiences for over the past ten years. And yet, he's, the only thing he can show for it is a big smile and his beat headphones. That is all. But he left a championship winning team. So Renault, things got difficult at Renault. He also ran away from Renault. He went to McLaren. And now he's with someone that is giving him a tough time. And you can see him crumbling. The first year was uh, he's getting used to the team, this and that. But even when McLaren were fighting for third place with Ferrari, 
if he had given like half of what Norris did, they would have secured P3 and I'll have given them more money for this season. But because of him, they couldn't get P3. So they dropped to P4. They lost. I think the gap between P3 and P4 is like 10, 15 million, if I remember correctly. And that's a lot of money in the prize money. So they lost that money because of Danny Rick. So he's really costing them so much. And his wage bill is so high. So really, it's not a good investment from acquiring. And I think the sooner they cut ties with him, I think the better. Uh, well, uh, well, uh, for for me, uh, I believe, I believe by is it would be interesting to see what happens um, um, by Silverstone, you know, because a lot of um, decisions will be made um, by um, Silverstone, you know. So, um, yeah. So, um, Adebayo, I don't know if you still like to speak just before we go to Sabling. Okay. Yeah. Things I wanted to say already said this, but I think I have to start with this. Um, I mean, I think we need to be very serious here, right? You're trying to mention something about Danny going to F2. How about now? Lipe Djokovic and um, Tio Puccia will, will deal with him so well. <clears throat> Let's be serious here. Yeah. Someone that, someone that um, is just managing to deal with Guanyujo, or even Guanyujo himself is outperforming himself. So here's my theory, right, about Danny um whole thing, right? I think um this um Bolaji has already mentioned the fact that they could have gotten P3 last year and they will most likely miss out on P4 this year to Alpine, right? If Alpine could at least sort out their reliability issues kind of, right? They will most likely as well miss out to Alpine this year on P4, right? That's lesser money again, right? Here's my theory, right? I feel Red Bull, right, they are currently monitoring the situation at um at um at McLaren, right? And um, Red Bull has like five um, drivers in F2, right? So they'll be looking at um, promoting one of those drivers, right, into Formula 1, either of Liam Lawson or... I think Liam Lawson seems to be like the overdue driver, right? Or whichever of those drivers finishes um, in the championship, right? Um, Yuki Tsunoda so far removed this race from... Removed this race from um, 2022. Yuki Tsunoda so far has been quite of like performing so much well. So they could have Yuki Sonoda and um another driver in F two next year at um Afatari, right? And the best possible thing is to get um Gasly into McLaren, right? It's possible, right? You could use the theory of how they were able to bully um Mercedes last year in a Williams car, getting Arbon Arbion into Williams ahead of Nick um Nick De Frey's, right? Whatever, right? Nick DeFries' possible best shot into F1 would be via Nicolas Latifi, right? I really don't see the fact, right? Yeah, via, via Nicolas Latifi, right? right. But again, it could also still be in the running for um for F1 seat at McLaren based on the fact that, you know, uh, McLaren also bought, bought out a Mercedes Formula E. So from next season, it will be McLaren Formula E, right? So most likely, right, it could also be in the loop of getting a Formula One car, but for me, right, my uh, I was I was out already, but I saw a notification that Danny Rick is on the hot seat, right? That's why I came up, came back here. Anything Danny Rick can, and and also you always find me there, right? I I think Danny Rick should just humbly retire this season at the end of this season, same as Latifi. I don't know, right? Yeah, I think they should just both Stroh too could follow, right? Sadly, I'm a Stroh, I, I, I like Stroh, but. Stroke could go actually follow because there are a lot of F F two drivers, right? 
a lot of drivers that could also bring money into Formula One, right? That it it just saddens when you see guys that probably they are performing quite well, right? At least use um use Lando Norris as, as a case study, right? McLaren took a chance on Lando Norris when he finished like P five in F two Championship, right? And we could see what the guy is quite doing now, right? At least I think Mercedes will be probably looking at my um Lando Norris as a as a potential partnership with um George Russell when Lewis retires, right? That seems like a driver that has at least built up his CV consistently with consistent performances, not someone trying to jump all around on around on around. And again, why I said Gasly should look at McLaren is I don't see Checo leaving Red Bull. That is just the blank. That's just the blank sincerity about things, right? Checo is doing fantastic well to secure the second seat in Red Bull, right? We could have this old discussion of how Red Bull has been, whatever team orders in Red Bulls are, but again, you can't come into Red Bull and not expect the golden boy to, to, to have like superior stuff. So I don't see Checo leaving Red Bull. And with that, that is best shot. Let me just go to McLaren and enjoy with. At least science also made that move, right? Science left science left Red Bull at some point, right? Even though what that's like even though you almost went out of employment, right? I think you're twenty eighteen, right? But again, just take the boost step and leave Red Bull Academy, right? And just pushing your own part in McLaren there. You can never tell, right? You could find yourself in a Ferrari just like science if you perform so much well. Okay. Um um just uh quickly, um Ferrari have protested against Max Verstappen with the allegation that he crossed white line on the pit exits during the Grand Prix. You know, so um, yeah, uh, engineer, please go ahead. Thank you for waiting. All right, thank you very much. Um, well, first and foremost, I would like to agree with Imadi's point because, like, yeah, McLaren can they can decide to go for a rookie, but I think uh they will not because rookies they call usually come with rookie mistakes and uh, in this era where you have cost caps like uh, we can just see from the accident yesterday by Perez that also affected signs i believe like i think that that cost um red bull around uh, 750,000 dollars or close to a million so yeah with uh, rookie drivers, you're always going to have you're you're bound to have those kind of rookie mistakes. So I don't think it maybe might be a logical option for them to go with a rookie. I don't know like the drivers that they have in their uh, well racing academy or the development drivers they have in their pipeline, how good they may be, but I don't think they should go with a rookie. And also, yeah, on like. You guys said uh, Ricardo is looking for somebody to bully. Uh, I don't think he is. I think what he's looking for is he's looking for a championship winning car. Because, yes, as I said earlier, his days are numbered. His, uh, his age also being a factor. So at most he has what? Let's say he's driving really, really well. How, how many more years like would he have? before he would have to retire. And yeah, like he keeps switching teams, like looking for that championship winning drive. But unfortunately, I don't think it's in the works for him. He's not going to get that. 
But maybe, just maybe, uh, McLaren can decide to like hold him for the end of this season. Because uh, getting a new driver mid-season, they also have to readjust. They might also not be in tune with the design philosophy of the car. So, yeah. Thank you. Uh, engineer, thank you very much. Well, um, for Ricardo, I don't think um, McLaren would um, let him go at the, in the middle of the season, you know, because um, it won't make any sense, I believe, you know. And um, as you said, it, it's going to be difficult for anyone to just come in and acclimatize to the car, you know. So um, I think it's something that if they are going to make the decision to be at the end of the season, you know, and then um, and yeah, you said something. I did you say that um, I wanted to understand what you meant. Do you mean Ricardo is looking for a team that will give him a championship winning car so that he can go ahead and perform? No, no, no. What I meant by that, like him leaving, uh, him leaving, well, he left Red Bull because, of course, Max is a golden boy. But I mean, like him leaving uh, Renault, like basically what he was looking for was a car that he could go maybe one, two seasons and they would be, uh, well, championship contenders. And he thought he could find that in McLaren being that they were going to be running uh, Mercedes engines. And unfortunately, that, that has not happened. So I think he's just looking to like win at least one world championship, but it doesn't seem to be in his favor. <laughs> um, I, um, I think for Ricardo, is in the next life. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, um, yeah, so moving on, um, Mercedes, you know, um, Mercedes, like, at a point today, they were, um, the fastest on track, you know, um, George Russell, again, you can see that he's, with, with him coming into the team, you know, he's not, you can't see, well, let's say you can't see any signs of struggle. You can't see any signs of, um, any signs of, oh, he's still adjusting, you know. Like, I feel the discussion we are even having now with Ricardo is what we should, what, what we should be having with, um, a driver like George Russell, you know, that, oh, he's still trying to acclimatize to the team, you know, he's a championship winning team, you know. But you see, you, you see a driver like George Russell, it's just like he has been here for, Yes, you know, he has been in Mercedes doing, just doing his thing, you know. And then at the moment, you will say he's the one even leading the team, you know, because consistent um, top five finishes in all, is it all six or all seven races, you know. So, um, and with the team and the sky itself, you can see some signs of your um, improvement, you know. Um, I believe earlier earlier before the race, you know, um, from the team radio, there were signs of um, panic, you know, everyone was um, a bit nervous, you know, um, I'm sure it was due to the rain and probably everyone was probably scared that, oh, a car might go into the wall, you know, so um, I believe um, going into Baku next, um, sorry, next week, in two weeks, you know, um, 
is going into backwood is where you know okay what the upgrades they brought in brought in in um Spain, you know, how efficient it um is it, you know, and obviously you expect them to still bring in some more upgrades, you know, going into backwood because there's a bit of a um break, you know. So um yeah, I'll just um like to hear from the people in the house on Mercedes, you know, and um what the what they saw from them this weekend and what they expect from them in um Baku. So um Ade Bio, please. First things first, please can you drop Imadi as a speaker and put him as a listener? Then after we are done messing this, you bring him back up as a speaker. <laughs> so this is it, right? Uh, really, for me, I don't really expect nothing much from Mercedes at Baku. Right. Um. Um. I, to be to be fair, we, to be fair, right? Because um, I think there's like a one kilometer straight at Baku, right? And um. Um. I I still see probably like a P one, P four for Red Bull and Ferrari if there's no DNF. Right, or there's no like unforced error, right? Um, um, then probably there will also be like a Mercedes driver having like a P5, right? At least the minimum effort, right? I think, I think, I think the real deal for Mercedes would be when we go to Silverstone, right? After Baku, right? Um, um, something that is quite was quite evident at Barcelona was the fact that at least there were like a slight improvement, but not really like considered because, um, um, we were still like a, we were still like six tenths off the pace of both Ferrari and Red Bull, right? Um, at Barcelona, right? Monaco, I really don't used to consider Monaco as a race to really as, access um Mercedes um car at least using last year's as well, right? You could see that last year it was such an horrible race for Lewis and and VB as well. So I think I think I think I think the most important assessment for Mercedes would be when we when we go to Silverstone. Even that same Silverstone, I probably don't think we might win, right? But I think what could happen is probably probably we get a little bit much closer to both um, Red Bull and um, Ferrari. Probably the gap reduces to like two tenths per lap, or like yeah, three tenths per lap, right? But currently the gap is still quite wide. Um, I know I I probably like made a tweet last week about Mercedes being back. But truthfully, is if you probably like took out time to really analyze the, yeah, and you know there were there was like a radio communication, there was like a radio communication as well last race that Lewis was the fastest on track. But I think if you really analyze that point well, Lewis was much on fresher tires than than um the Red Bull guy in front, that's Max Verstappen, right? So the data could be quite skewed, right? But if you go as far back as earlier in the race, right, when everybody was... Before Max made the error, right, you could remove... Don't use Lewis' time, right, as a benchmark. Use Russell's time as a benchmark. You would see that relatively, they are still like six tenths slower, right, than both. Um, I think the best, the best, the best, the best um, thing you could use, use Russell versus Leclerc versus Max's time, right, Right before Max had the error, you could see, you could see the pace like there's still like some tenth half right, which accumulatively is around six tenths right. So for me, we are still not that back, but we are much closer than being far off right. At least one thing that is certain is that 
when it comes to the third best guy on the grid, McLaren and Alpine are not close. Now when it's starting now, right, that we have the third best guy on the grid. But having to like now streamline that time to like further down to like three th- three tenths, two tenths, we could be much achievable. Thank you very much, um, Adebayo. Um, Imade, please. Yeah. Um. Weirdly, I sort of agree up to an extent with some of the things he said, but um, I was looking at, I was watching the F1 TV and Julian Palmer's analysis after the Spanish Grand Prix, and it's very obvious Mercedes has solved their poisoning issue. Like it is very, very obvious. I wish I am looking at the screenshot I took right now. I wish I could share it, but it's not in a tweet, so I don't know. I want to share it. It's Mercedes was the car that was purposing the least amongst all the cars on the grid. So, and everybody knows Barcelona has a very long straight, and that's very, very evident that that has been solved. And if that has been solved, Toto Wolf said it himself that then it's time to chase performance. And they could obviously nobody could chase performance in Monaco here because of the peculiarities of Monaco and all that. So technically, I agree with him that we would not see Mercedes true pace until Silverstone. But when we actually see that true pace, even when we could not see the true pace way back at Bahrain, Mercedes was still the fastest in the slow corners. That's why their performance in Monaco surprised me completely. I am, I was telling them that, oh, I was telling my guys that Mercedes were actually going to perform very, very well in Monaco because they've been the fastest in slow corners, even when they had so many issues, when they could not lower the car and blah, 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 blah. So, but I feel when the final, when we finally get to Silverstone and we get to a proper racing track, not a street circuit like Bakua and Montreal, um, Mercedes true performance will show and the six tenths that my guy is saying is showing but probably be two tenths then maybe Lewis will take pole and then Mercedes will truly be back and they will finally believe me because I've been telling them for the last four weeks now that Mercedes is back yeah thank you okay uh Imadu I'll just so now do you take back your statement why you said the um the design was wrong because you know you've always said the design was wrong no i don't take back my statement you can walk you can walk through a bad design you can mend a bad design so fair the fact enough. that what do you say that's a fair enough so the fact that now just i just admitted that their their performance in monaco shocked me so from one from one issue to another they, they seem to have solved the poor poison and then they are they are, it's almost like the cars don't have any springs and, no, and any dampeners on them again. The cars can't ride curbs. Ca- same cars that were riding, um, that was riding um, Barcelona curbs perfectly, suddenly can't ride Monaco curbs. So we don't even know what the issue is as, as long as they fix one, maybe two rears reared their head up again. So personally, I would still say the design is fundamentally wrong but they are extremely smart engineers in that up and down the paddock so they can walk through a bad design. So I still stand by that statement that their design is fundamentally wrong, but they could obviously optimize and walk through a bad design. Thank you. Um, uh, Adebayo, um, quickly, please, so that um, Balaji can go. Um, so what do you want to say, sir? Oh, so this is it, right? 
So the reason why I think you're quite shocked about their performance at Monaco is because of this, right? Red Bull and Ferrari got their car perfectly well right from the very first race of the season, right? So going into each race, they could tweak their car to um, suit the, perf- the required performance they need to get from that track, right? Whilst for Mercedes, for example, we were able to solve the purpose in had um, was it Barcelona correct? I agree with you totally with that, right? But again, right? Barcelona had um I think we had the discussion um privately, right? Barcelona had like as like this high um was it what what, what did we discuss about I um was it downforce? Yeah, high downforce, right? Barcelona had high downforce, right? And for that particular purpose some of the big teams had to like tweak their path um, tweak their car in such a way that there will be a little bit of poison to get required that for 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 that particular track so for mercedes there they just solely focused on let's test our upgrades to the maximum right let's use two different setups for both drivers right and see which one which one has the best quality and race performance right and let's and let's see how we can consolidate that right into one unique package going into Silverstone, right? So coming to Monaco, right, it was much difficult for them, right, to really, like, tweak that. So if you are not looking at all those different scenarios, right, they are still, like, guy, yeah, that's, like, six tenths of Mercedes, I'm sorry, Ferrari and Red Bull because for each track going forward, these guys are, these guys are already done with their develop, uh, with their, with their initial setup, right? They just want to, they'll just keep on tweaking their cars to, to hit tracks, they are going. They are, they are going to. Go, um, they are going to, um, in subsequent races, right? Which is quite different for Mercedes, right? And when you are really like, you are really like, um, five races are five races back in terms of the development, um, track. I think the most realistic one is probably they'll probably catch up with Ferrari, right? Because Ferrari could be Ferrari, right? But when it comes to Red Bull, forget. Okay. I think I will just leave it there. <laughs> okay, thank you, um, um, Adibai. um, Bolaji, please. Um, Salim, I will come okay. to you, please. Thank you for so, waiting. I think I agree with um both Imadi and Bayo to an extent. Like Bayo said, in Monaco, it's not really representative. I think for the past four or five years, the cars have been too long because Mercedes always went with the long wheelbase. Like I think it's even safe to say the extra long. Will be so in Monaco. It's just it's very hard to move that car around the tight circuit. So Monaco really wasn't any indicator or indication of where Mercedes is at the moment. And like Bayer said, other teams like Ferrari and Red Bull, they already know what they are doing. They just have to come to the track, apply the setups from their simulators, and then they are good to go. Meanwhile, Mercedes, they are still throwing the kitchen sink at the car trying to see what would stick. So uh, the difference is really clear between the, the top, between the three teams. So like, I think, uh, as that Barry and Marie said earlier, we have been able to cement the P3. Because I know the last time we had this discussion, it was, uh, we're still saying, well, the P3 that we're, we're happy about might not be so sure because McLaren was, you know, they had just recovered from the terrible start they had. But now I think it's safe to say that we have secured the P3 in terms of performance and the constructors um, championship, but that we would challenge for the title. I think it's too late for that. We might just, you know, be okay with the occasional race wins here and there, but title hopes, 
and this is seven out of 22, 23. So basically, like, one third of the season is done already, and we are still trying to fix, oh, can we can we extract the performance here and there? So I think it's too late, but the good thing is the car is more competitive, and the, I think the only shining shining star for the silver lining in all of this is George Russell. Even though, you know, different situations contribute to his results, but whatever it is, he has been the only shining star in the team, consistently finishing in the top five. So I think it's something that the team will be happy with because while we are still experimenting, he's still scoring points and scoring big points consistently. So it's, it's, he's been the silver lining in this very unique season. So I think really there's nothing much to expect from Mercedes except for a strong 2-1 in every race. I think that's it for me. Thank you, uh, Um Salim, please. Um, all right. Thank you very much. Um, well, I would like to say, yeah, I, I agree with uh, a lot of what Bolaji did say. But, like, uh, I, I don't really agree with uh, what Imadi said about, like, the design being a bad design. Um, like coming into this season, the there was a rule change, and uh, the cars, well, they now have to use ground effect. So what I feel is that um, the car, the the car design, there was uh, the there were so many constraints that were unaccounted for, like the issue of purposing. And if you like, I don't know if you uh, have looked at the telemetry data you'd find that like Mercedes was purposing the most. And one of the reasons why they were purposing the most, like from the beginning of the season, is because of how much uh, amount of downforce the new side pod design actually offered them. So I wouldn't say it was inherently a bad design. It wasn't really a bad design. There were just certain constraints uh, that were not accounted for. And uh, in terms of, uh, yeah, um, the race at Monaco, I wasn't really expecting much. And I think I said it like uh, in the last uh, last week that we spoke. Yeah, I wasn't expecting much because uh, Mercedes for like the past uh, six races before Spain, they were, well, basically going around in circles, trying to find a solution to the problem. So they have been behind in terms of like the development curve, right? So the we can only see that they are able to um, start looking at ways to improving their car from Spain, and that was like last week, right? So yeah, and the purpose in elements of it still exist because um, they they were able to uh, solve it in the streets, but it still exists uh, mid-corners. So, yeah, they, they still have that to contend with. And uh, also, like, they, they kind of have done a, a very good job because when you look at the power output, from the beginning of the season, I think they were down about 20 horsepowers. So they have to contend with uh, aerodynamic deficit and they also have to contend with power unit deficit. And uh, this is an era that uh, for the next, what, how many years the engine has been homologated. So they can only make a uh, few adjustments to maybe some of the power unit components, like the turbocharger, uh, 
uh, the ERS, etc. So yeah, but I, I don't think we should really expect too much from Mercedes. The optimal I feel that they might be able to achieve this season might be P2 in the constructors. Yeah, thank you. Wow. I think you're expecting, I believe you're expecting someone to, between Red Bull and Ferrari, want to, one of them to um drop drop the soap. Ferrari normally now, it's, it's a normal thing. They will well, <laughs> well, so, um, Okay, um, I don't know if anyone has anything to add to um, Mercedes just before we move on to um, our pin. Let's just keep our hopes at P3. You know, it's better that way. Yeah, um, I believe um, hopefully um, Mercedes will be able to secure the P3 or something better. But um, yeah, moving on to um, our pin, you know, you have... Um, Fernando Alonso, who Alonso, I, I don't understand. Like, what what was really the problem? Did he just decide to hold everyone back up, or the car, or he could not just get anything else out of the car? Because him just being behind Lewis, he just he, he just felt like okay, he knows what he's doing, you know. So, um, or rather, um, Louis behind him, you know, he just felt like um, he he knew what he was um doing, you know. So, um, I, I don't know. Alonso, he, I I I I don't even know what to say about Alonso. But yeah, um, unfortunately for that action, he cost um Estabanoco to be out of the points, you know. Um, even um, yeah, due to that. Um, five second um, penalty, you know. So <sighs> another thing here is, as, as we've said on this basis, our pain. What is their aim? Where are they headed? What is it? What What are they doing in F one literally? Because that's another question um, that. That, that needs to be answered, you know, because they went from being uh, an engine supplier to just supplying for themselves, you know. So, um, yeah. So, I would um, say, Imade Obong, then Balaji, then Adebayo, please, in that order. Thank you. Yeah, for Alonso, yeah, for Alonso, I think everybody knows his thinking harbors hatred in his heart and the peculiarities of the track just made it easier for him like he knows at the points when he need, needed to accelerate Lewis couldn't pass him and I if um I I think I hope I'm not mixing this up I think was it last race or a few races ago I think they told Ocon to do something for Alonso and Ocon refused so probably they told him to speed up for Ocon and this is this is maybe his paper because I think as at that point during the race, I zoned off. I was already dozing off as I was watching the race. So I really don't know what happened at that point. But it might Alonso is a very vindictive person. Anyone who watched him from 2008, 2009, even his battle with Lewis, then his battles with Seb, you would know Alonso is a very vindictive person. So it's, a, it's very possible his race engineer told him to speed up for Ocon or something. 
and then decided to slow down as payback. So I'm not surprised. All the things that he's doing, that's regular Alonso. Yeah. But for Alpine, whatsoever they are, we've spoke we think we spoke about Alpine and their exact aim and what whatsoever they track they feel to, they think they are doing. We don't know. And not until they truly come out and say what their purpose and their goals are in F1. Nobody can know what they do, what they want. I think they'll just continue to run on vibes till whenever they decide to chase the forty two year old man away. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, everybody. Um over on, please. Yes, it is what I've been waiting for. <laughs> so you see, yeah. <laughs> the way we saw that light up yesterday when Lewis was behind him, I think everybody just kind of knew, figured it out. Alonso is an up, and it's perfect. And it makes sense that he'd be with Alpine, because if you check out when they told Ocon that he had a penalty, after, like, you put literally put your entire... First of all, you backed up the entire grid. Now your teammate is... If we, we can cross here, Abby is like fox beyond measure because you have backed him up so much that man's is now like does ever have a chance so i feel like the team is very well suited to alonso they are both very very bitter people and yes I, i'm not ashamed he's so bitter and he was where i don't know if it was just me but i think he backed it up deliberately and he told them he was going to back it up and then they allowed him and how do you just fuck up an entire group and I, <clears throat> sorry i'm so mad also, I think that Lewis just knew. Like, he just stopped fighting because this, this is not the first time. We saw what he did last, last, last year when he did it. He was master of defense and it was okay. But this was spiteful. This was spiteful behavior. And I'm ashamed that nobody rushed him afterwards because if I was Lewis, I'd have removed helmet and like serious racking. But yes, I'll stop for this for now, Sha. Um, 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 Obon said something, yeah. And then I want to even, um, Okay, okay. Wait, the incident with Hamilton happened before the red flag, yeah. But by then they had not given the penalty, I believe. Because I, I, ju- I just want, I just want to clarify that. Are they giving the penalty? They had given the penalty. They had. They, we already knew that he had the penalty, so that doesn't so, make any sense. So for you to back up. So, so wait. So what happened is that they gave penalty, and then everybody stopped, went into pits. And then it's when we, when when they now came um, came out again that it became the time drills. Then Ocon now knew he had five second penalty. Yes, Ocon knew last. I knew that Ocon. Oh my! When, when Ocon yeah, it just like, it's just now it's like, just now he's clicking because I just thought that because because a lot of things happened in the race, you know. So you and it's Alpine, but ah, man. Of everybody, so it anyway, doesn't even make sense. But anyways, bitter people shall. Okan is just a passenger in that team. Any um, Balaji, please. Yes. So, like Obon said, look, and I think when whenever Alonso says that Lewis is behind him for whatsoever reason, he just remembers 2007. And it's like you know what? I will make this guy pay. I will show him pepe. Even though like we are not running the same race, like we are not. Fighting for the championship, we are not running for the fighting for the same position. He's just like you know what I will show him wickedness and evil that he has been planning since two thousand and seven. Fifteen years ago, this guy has still had that same hatred and spitefulness for Lewis because there was this graphic that came out. Like if you see how much he held back the entire grid, like it doesn't make any sense. This was a there was a safety car, there was a red flag, there was a safety car restart, a rolling start. But the gap 
was already like 40 seconds. How was that possible? In a few laps, in a track like Monaco, where no one is speeding. So how do you let the front runners put 40 plus seconds on you? And the very funny thing is that he had the pace. So it's not as if he was, you know, managing any engine issue because all of a sudden he was dropping Lewis. Like when he had done the evil and the wickedness in his heart and was satisfied, he picked up the pace and he was dropping Lewis. And when they sent the message to Ocon that, okay, look, you have a five-second penalty, he was like, yeah, but Alonso is holding up Lewis, which, in, which is in turn holding everybody up, so he can't even make up the five seconds. And they're like, Alonso already, like, he just spots everybody's race for no good reason. Like Madi said also, maybe he's harboring, like, some kind of spitefulness against Ocon for what he said in the last race or two years ago. And it's like, you know what, this time around I will show you. And Monaco is a track that you don't need to, like, your intent doesn't have to be on full display. Because the track is so tight, it's so narrow, like people can't really overtake it. So he has on here. If you ask him, it's like, look, the track is tight, no one can overtake. I was just doing the best I could. I don't put it in the wall, this and that. But my goodness, that performance was just so so unnecessary. And he had the pace. So that's that's what I don't get. Like he had the pace. So why put the entire grid through that? Like he's I, I can't wait for him to leave. Because like you said, the Alpine team, I don't know what their aim is. I don't know what their trajectory is. You know, teams have three-year plan, four-year, five-year plan, okay, we come into F1, we become constructors, we, we build, we build, we challenge for the title in five years. For Alpine, like, that thing has just been a rolling target. They said, when they're still Renault with serial, they said three years, they promised Red Bull, you know, championship in the engine in, like, three years. That didn't materialize. They became so constructors without supplying anybody on the grid, so they said, okay, three years, that didn't materialize. They dropped serial. They brought in a different team. That dematerialized. They, they dropped Alan Prost. They sent him text message that look, you're not protecting again. They brought in uh, this guy from Aston Martin. Like I don't think they know what they're doing. They're just there because maybe it just feels good to be in motorsports. Because really, they 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 don't seem to have, to have direction. Because if they did, you have a 42 year old driver that is still going in for an extra year or two extra years in Formula One. Really, if you have if a future future thinking team you would move along so quickly because he's 42, 43, 44. What, what can he offer you? But for some reason, they seem not to care. So, uh, like, that, the whole thing, like Ogong said, I think he's in the best team. Alonso is in the best team because he can afford to do his shit house with it and, you know, everyone is happy with it. But, my goodness, that was so unnecessary for Alonso. Hmm. Well, well, I Kasper, well, can uh, I jump in here he, and say that? Yeah, yeah. yeah he, was, he was so quick. He was so quick that when he decided to speed up, I, I, I'm not sure I'm, what he was. He cleared up 15 seconds in like three laps or so. Like, I remember looking at the deficit between him and Norris and being like, wait, where did 30 seconds go? Like, so quick that even Lewis could not keep up. There was like three second gap plus. So, and then this is how you know that Alpine is wicked. Do not tell Ocon to speed it up, speed it up to where? Where is he speeding it up to? So please, that is a very devilish team, and their chief director, chief driver, is also very devilish to as well. Thank you. Uh-huh. Well, um, anyway, let me let me allow Debaya finish just before I give my opinion on my own, on our opinion. Music to my ears, man. I love I love it actually. You know, I love it. Alonso, you must find me. So this is my opinion about it. I think what Alonso has success, what he has successfully done is um, giving more reasons to why Monaco should not be on the calendar anymore, right? Because 
right? You know that Monaco is quite very difficult to overtake, but looking at that whole scenario of the whole holding up back of traffic and the rest, what he did, I don't think, I don't think, right? I think they've not signed the contract, right? Contract extension for Monaco, right? So for me, I really don't see why they should have Monaco on the grid anymore, right? Again, it was also pay Charles the Craig as, actually as well. There won't be any need for additional pressure going into probably there will be a cost or not at your home Grand Prix. Um, that's by the side, right? Um, again, they've all said everything about Alonso and um, Alonso and um, Alonso and Lewis, right? To be frank, me, I, me, I even wanted probably probably Lewis should just crash the guy out. They should just put crash out, and the rest of the team should just continue. Because it was to me, to me, to me, to me, I could have done that. To be honest, I was just crash into the guy. Waste, we just cause red flag. It should be as stupid. There's, I, I'm actually not even fight, fighting for anything, right? My teammate is in P P five, right? Another ten points for him. I'm only just getting like let's say three points. That's seven point def, deficit. Seven and ten points. There's no difference, right? But you, you, you are just on two, right? I mean, how many points is he on? He's just on two points, right? Even with all the wickedness, he's still on two points. Lanstro, Sebastian Vettel has more points than him with all the wickedness. So for me, I don't know. But again, drivers are drivers are so just so considerate, right? You know, you know they've grown their emotional level to be quite with no out of wickedness like like Alonso, right? You know. But again. Let's see. I think I think power units will come to our rescue next week, right? For Alonso or oh, next race, right? Definitely we get it will take like three, four, five grid penalties, right? I think he has exhausted his power unit, three power units. So Nemesis will still catch up with him, right? So we 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 should just like probably hold on to that. Whatever wickedness, he will still finish. He will still he will still be dragging with Danny Rick even has more point than him. Thank you, Adebayo. Well, on on Alpine, um, I've always said it that sometimes when you look at an entity that is not performing well, you tend, or rather, a team that is not performing well, you tend to look at the management, you know, and you say, okay, what's going on up there? You know, you look at Alpine in the last couple of years. I think this whole management um, issue is not just today. Like this current situation I've been in now is 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 an issue that started since when Cyril has been there. You know because um is it is it, more of a structural problem. You know from them firing people, hiring new people. No plan, no um, vision. You know, you you had one of the biggest teams on the grid. You lost them. You know that alone should have been an eye opener for them. You know, and then you go on fire. Um, Alan Prost. You know, you bring in Otmar. Otmar, okay, Otmar, Ot Otmar, Otmar. What has Otmar has been in the sport, but. You are only as good as your last um um experience at the other days to speak the English. You know, Otma, he was he like 
what is the vision of the team, you know? And then you now look at um, drivers here. Alpine, they have, you have Alonso, you have um, Esteban. Esteban is an average driver to me, you know? Esteban is not a driver that is going to win you championship. Look, look at the nonsense he did today. He, 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 on the team radio, he was now saying, uh, um, um, Lewis, knew, Lewis knew what he was doing. What, what, what is Lewis knew what he was doing? Did Gasly not overtake somebody? Do you understand? Gasly overtook two people in the same Monaco. What is there? And, and, in, and in a similar, um, in a similar um, tone. What is the excuse? You know? And then um, in terms of um, Alpine, Alpine, I see that they've given Alonso more of uh, more power, you know, which, which is what gave him the courage to do that nonsense that he did today. You know, from after that nonsense that I did today, that Silverstone that they said, um, whatever, Oscar Piastri, he should just, he should, he, he should, he, he should just, he should just start looking for another, another thing because I don't know why you will keep a forty-something-year-old man. And also, don't you have kids? You have kids. Look after your kids. Go and look after your kids so that you so that you know how how they are growing. Let your kid not go. Let your kid not start taking drugs. I'm not. I'm. I'm not trying to say that like, anybody is taking drugs. But guys, you go out. You have. You have. You have. You have not sure he has been in his children's life. Do you understand? You cannot do something for so long. Like how how much how much do you, how much how much again do you want to make? You have gone from this series to this series to this series to this series to this series. You have come back again to F1. Let the young grow. Do you understand? And then Alpine, coming back to Alpine again, another stupid team in the sense that you have about four drivers. You have um, uh, um, Alonso, you have um, Kilonkwe, um, what's the name of this? Esteban, you have um, um, uh, what's the name of that Russian driver again? That one that our um, Alpha to um, to Aribans, um, Kifayat. Um, yeah. Max, Max father-in-law, um, 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 what's his name? Max, yes, um, yeah. Then you have, yes, you have four drivers. So you have you are the only team on the grid that has two reserve drivers. Yet you do, yet you are not even you don't even have a, a, a suitable car. What what are they doing? You are just paying salary for nothing. And then they are coming to complain. Ah, uh, um, the FIA, the FIA need to increase the budget cap. What? Which budget cap? When you when when you have four four drivers, three and one agbaya. As somebody said, I saw it on today when someone called him an agbaya. I was like, exactly. This Alonso is just an agbaya. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, what are you doing? Let people grow. Like, uh, sometimes here yeah, we really so, so, we need, we we. This um, what do you call it? We are always saying that oh, these young drivers, they, they, they well, they, they um, they are not so experienced. Is Lando that is leading McLaren to where they are now? Who says Oscar Piastri cannot lead Esteban Ocon? That's life, you know. So it's more of it's more of giving all these people a chance. And after all, it's not like F one is a sport whereby is F one is not like football, you know. F one is not like football. You. you the, the driver messes up, you bounce him, another one is there. You know, there are a list of drivers. So, I feel um, Alonso has, after this season, I mean, I personally, 
with the things that have happened today, this this special event, uh, announce is going to be here 2023. I put it to you. Announce is going to be here 2023. You will see. Announce will be here 2023. You will see. Daniel Rick will leave the will, will, will leave the grid before Alonso. You will see it. Daniel. Ah. Anyways. Um, I, I'm please go go ahead. Thank you. Sorry for cutting you short, but I just want to I just want to ask you like a very pertinent question. Um, what has Alpine done to you? Is it like one of your one of their engineers collected your girlfriend or something? Because the way, way, the way we are the way we keep going like this, one day probably you just will have like this space like this, and we have like <laughs> we have like no. our fans. Oh no, I've covered. We have like probably like ten RP fans that will join, and before you know it, your account will go. They'll go and report your account for a full comment. In the way he used to tackle them, in the way he used to tackle our <laughs> Well, well, um, well, I, I don't have anything against them. I think, I think, I think I'm, I, I think I'm, I've been passionate about every other team. You know, every other team. I've, I think I've said the same thing about Williams. You know, so it's not, it's not really personal. You know, but yeah, um, um, Salim, please go ahead. Okay, um. Host, I don't even know your name. Anyways, um, yeah, I can I can tell that a lot of people like are very pained by what Alonso did, but we have to remember that yes, no racing driver would ever give up a place, and uh, I'm not defending the guy. Who, I'm also a Mercedes fan, but like uh. In his own head, perhaps that was what he needed to do to keep that uh, P7, right? And yeah, also, um, like, why would Alpine keep a driver like Alonso? Alonso has two world championships. Um, he has a wealth of experience. And I think uh, from their Renault days, they've always been saying uh, since when Serial uh, was with them that they want to come back to the front of the well, the grid. They want to win another world championship. So with a driver like Alonso, of course, he would bring so much uh, development and experience that he has under his belt to a team like uh, Alpine. And yeah, sure, like why, why should a team like Alpine not be winning? They have they have every uh they have all the resources they are they, they are an engine manufacturer unfortunately right now they, they they do not sell engines to anybody nobody buys from them but they they should actually win and uh yes like th- this guy their team principal uh what's his name uh Safnauer. uh yeah like I think he's. You can't take it away from him that he has actually done a lot of good job in F1. Because back in the Force India days, like Force India, were they were basically the underdogs, right? They were coming to a race weekend maybe with no no spares, uh, no no spare parts in terms of front wing or if they have damage, that means an automatic DNF. And I think that team was it was in front of the midfield, so yeah, yeah, he he did a great job. But yes, Alonso holding up uh, Hamilton and the rest of the grid today was it was an asshole move. But that is Alonso; he's a very vindictive individual. 
we all know what happened in 2007. So, yeah, I obviously still holding grudges. Anyways, thank you. Thank you very much. Well, um, uh, Deepak, please. Hi, guys. Yeah, so just to echo the points that everyone has raised regarding um, Fernando Alonso, um, the set, certain incidents in the race, you know, things, things happen, and then it causes the FIA to, you know, to make changes to their regulations and things like that. I, I have a feeling that something, that something like what happened today is something that can make the FIA, you know, make changes because it was just totally anti Formula One, like in every way, shape, or form, everything, any, anything you could see about it, the the race. You know, there was a there was um, a restart, and in no time there was twenty seconds behind. Um, he cost his team the points that Ocon could have, could have gotten. He cost the whole the entire grid. It was just anti F one in every in every way, shape, or form, and yeah, and by learning, there's there's no other way about it. Like he knew what he was doing, and it was just wrong. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Dick Bomb. Well, um, on um, Alpine. I just all 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 I'm going to say um just before we move on is that um management wise they need to is they need to do restructure it's simple from that board man um was in a Lawrence Ross that their CEO and and the new CEO they need to re bring in new people people that are more focused on motorsport because as a CEO you look at it that he's not performing. You know, that is why they brought him in. You know, when when they lost a huge uh, source of revenue, you, like, you, like you lost your customer, you don't have customer anymore. Your customers are for people like me. People like me, you are producing car for people like me. I don't even see your car. In, or, or I don't even see your car anyway. So, Alpine, they should just... It's more of a restructuring um, issue before they now come down to okay, um, which drivers or which driver do you want to employ? Because right now it looks more like favor uh, favoritism, you know. And Esteban just looks like a passenger, you know. Even though Esteban that three year contract that I gave him, I did not, I'm, I'm, he has, it, it does not justify that three years contract. I'm just I'm just going to give my share opinion. It does not justify that three years contract. You know, I just well, I just hope um, he's able to. In uh, anyway, he has about two and a half years to go. You know, so I just hope he's able to justify it in the nearest future. But my personal opinion is, an average driver, Gasly would have. If I I I I would have said, if they were looking to replace. Um, if they if they are not giving Esteban that contract, they should have given Gasly because Gasly is a much more experienced and well, much more experienced and much more a driver that you 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 know that you'll be able to get results from. Not all this, not all these stupid stupid mistakes. You know your teammate is your your teammate is going to backbite you. What kind of childish plays all this one? You understand? So yeah. Moving on, um, moving on to uh, okay. I'm um, Salim. I see your hand up again. 
Um, yes, yes. Like I, I, I was going to like um, talk about uh, Esteban. Like, um, yeah, I don't know what you have against the guy, right? But Esteban, what, average. I, I'm not so sure. Like this guy was when he during his uh, well racing point days and for India. Like this guy was he was he was the one that was basically leading the team, and. Uh, I think he was, he is like the most consistent driver in in F1 because he had the most amount of race finishes, right? So I don't think that you can see like that guy is he's just like an average anyhow well, driver. Um, 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 Salim, but we could uh, we could say the same thing for um, Nico Hockenberg and the likes, you know, because I personally, as to, yes, in my yes, in my finish races, but. But is it? But what impact is he making to the team? So, well, I, I well, I won't personally just blame Esteban. I would say it's more of a team issue. Yes, yeah, that, moment, that I, I can, I can, I, I can agree with. Like, yeah, being a team issue, Alpine they have a lot of uh, management challenges, as you have uh, outlined. Yeah, but I don't think like it all falls back on uh, just Esteban. Well, let's just see how this season ends. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, so moving on, uh, Alpha Tuari, um, of Pierre Gasly and um, and um, Yuki Yuki finishing P seventeen and um, Gasly just slightly outside the points finishing. P eleven, you know, but I, I, I um, I don't, I, I, I don't know, I, I don't know. Um, the Alpha yeah, they've been having a, a bit of reliability issues in the past races, you know. But it seems this weekend, um, they seem to be on top of things, you know. Just obviously, Monaco, um, um with the red flag yesterday and people not being able to put in the last lap, you know, and then, okay, sorry, um, sorry, both drivers weren't even in this thing. So, um, due to, it was, yeah, Yuki's, um, what do you call Yuki's incident that caused the red flag. So, um, hence why Gasly wasn't able to, um, put in the lap, you know, but I feel they've been able, they've been, um, on top of their, issues you know and then um yeah it will be interesting to see how they perform in baku you know going forward i don't know if anyone has anything to add okay um next is um aston martin you know, Aston Martin, um, Seb, Seb finishing P10. And then, um, where is, where is, um, Stro, yeah, finishing just behind, um, Daniel Ricardo P, um, 14, you know. So, uh, I would say, well, good day for Seb, able to get a point. You know, um, he's always very, as we all know, he's always very tough in Monaco, you know. But, I would say, I, I personally don't have anything to um say on Aston Martin, you know, other than I wish them well in the future. 
you know, I don't know if anyone has anything to add on that. Okay. Um, has we had um, what do you call it? We had um, Kevin Magnuson and um, Mick retire. You know, it was a very unfortunate incident for Mick. Um, I don't know. Has, has anyone noticed here? Whenever has they have an accident here, the rear of the car is always. It, it it just reminds it just reminds me of what happened in uh, was it um Bahrain with um Grosjean. I don't know if any like why does the car um the um rest, um detach from the car like that? You like you don't see it with any other I don't know if anyone has noticed it with the house cars. So, sorry, can you get okay? Um, yeah, go ahead, please. Well, I do remember like teaching about it today, and to be fair, they said it was the cars are designed like that, actually. So, well, and if you deep see that, the only ones in this kind of crashes as well. So, I guess until someone else crashes their car <laughs> in such a spectacular fashion, I guess we'll never find out. But yeah, they said they are designed like that to keep the driver safe, so I guess it's the Formula One thing, actually. Yeah. Okay, okay, maybe it has maybe it has something to do with the um structure because I was like, why did the why does um the back always and the rear of the um car always detach from the main part, you know? But I guess um there's another safety uh measure, you know. So um unfortunately Kevin Magnuson retired from um the I guess due to a water leak issue. I'm not really sure on that, but both um this is the first time both cars are retiring um um this season you know so um unfortunately for them not a not a good um not a good one because all these crashes tend to affect um the budget cap you know and then there's also been um speculations of teams not being able to compete in future races um because of budget cap you know, so it's also going to be um interesting how that is going to play out in um the nearest future because it will be interesting to see which team doesn't make it to the grid because of um finance or budget cap um, um issues, you know. So um uh okay, I guess um it's just Alpha Romero left. Um, Alpha Romero, uh, Valtteri Bottas, and Guan Yu Joe. I would say, um, for Guan Yu Joe, it wasn't really, it wasn't really, it, it wasn't really the best for him, you know, because, um, if you listen to his, um, to his, uh, on board, you know, he said he, he kind of struggled a lot, you know, so it wasn't, um, really best of um weekends for him, you know. And then um, um both us, you know, still in the points, you know, still keeping um Alpha Romero in the points, you know. And um I believe I'll say I'll say I believe that's a I'll say I believe that's um 
like he went to that team for to be a leader, you know, and then that is something that um he has been he's doing, you know, and he has been doing um um at um Alpha Romero. So um hopefully they provide him with a suitable car, you know, for him to carry on. So I don't know if anyone has anything to add on the Alpha Romeros and then VB just before we move on. Okay. Okay, guys. Okay, guys. Um, I think we've come to the end of the space um this evening. Thank you very much to everyone that um joined us this evening. Thank you for supporting us. Would um would um see y'all in two weeks. Um, please um follow us. Um, turn on your post notifications because um, we'll be sharing regular news updates. You know and um. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. If you would like to um, donate or support us, please use the link in our bio. Uh, wish you all a very good evening and a great week ahead. God bless you all.